the number one thing we talk about is people aren't going to be honest with you about how they're feeling if you aren't honest with them about how you're feeling. The management is critical that you are sharing when you're struggling, what you're worried about. You don't have to go overboard with it, but giving a level of insight into here are my struggles, I'm a real person, and this is what I'm worried about is the number one way to build psychological safety and get rally people around you in this cause of whatever it is that, you, that you're trying to build or work on. That's really the thing we tell managers and hear from managers all the time is yeah. when I am opening up, other people start doing the same. And then it creates this kind of like lens cocoon, whatever you want to call it, of I can actually trust the people on my team with yeah. how I'm feeling, what I'm worried about, what my struggles are. <laughs> and that leads to all sorts of important conversations, even related to like unrelated topics. Hey everyone, welcome to Leading From Afar, a show by remote leaders for remote leaders, where we dive into the most important topics facing leaders in the future of work. I'm your host, Scott Markovitz. I was the first hire at Envision, one of the first all remote companies back in 2012. I've since helped build and scale multiple remote teams as an early employee or consultant. In each episode, we geek out doing deep dives on specific topics like within async, hiring the best talent anywhere, how to create a fun and engaging environment remotely, and so much more. This show was created to help managers leading remotely upskill themselves to help them build world-class remote cultures. If you enjoyed this content, please feel free to support me by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app, share it with friends and colleagues, and feel free to buy me a coffee via the show's website. Everybody, thank you for tuning into today's episode of Leading from Afar. I'm Scott Markowitz, and today we're going to be doing a deep dive into how remote leaders can better build team engagement, support their team's mental health, and really try and help prevent burnout within their team. So today I'm joined by Sid Pandia, the CEO of Kona. I've been a really big fan of theirs since their early beta days. And Kona was founded really based on the poor remote experience of the founders had with their remote managers. And they really knew that there just had to be a better way to support your team. So hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, Sid, how's everything going today? Hey, Scott, good to, good to be on the show. And it's it's a great day. Super excited. It's, uh, it's early morning here, early-ish morning here in San Francisco. It's a nice, cloud, slightly cloudy day. Having a, having a good one. Nice. I know you're in New York uh, for a little while, so I guess you're uh, back in San Francisco. Back in SF now. Yeah, it's I, I split my time between New York and San Francisco. I spend summers in New York, and usually around Labor Day or after that, I come back to SF. Nice, very nice. Yeah, once the, the season starts to change, you want to avoid the cold as much as you can and, and get get out of there as quickly as possible. Exactly. I I'm not a fan of the cold and thankfully given I live in SF, I only have to deal with mild cold year round. Yeah, that that's not so bad. It's like my, my favorite thing here about being in Israel. It's like I'll take the hot summers anytime anytime as long as I don't get the New York cold winters. So give me hot, just don't give me those cold cold winters especially without any snow. Exactly. Snow is my I've only been in snow like twice in my whole life. I or three times and I don't don't plan on living in it just yet. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, usually the way that we start off each episode, now tell us a, a little bit about yourself and would love to hear the origin story of Kona. Absolutely. It's a longish story. I'll try to keep it short. Obviously it goes into my own personal story as well, but I, I'm Indian. I was born in Dubai, then lived in Hong Kong, then lived in India, spent some time in, in LA, spent some time in New York. Now I live in San Francisco. <laughs> Because I moved around so much as a kid, I picked up accents wherever I went. And so nice. I lived in Hong Kong, went to a super English school. All my teachers and friends were all English. So I actually have like a perfect London accent that I switch into when I speak to English yeah. people. And then of course yeah. I'm, I'm Indian. So technically my, my real accent is my Indian accent. It's the one I speak to. <laughs> and, and then moved to America, I picked up an American accent here. I've always just been like the kind of person that I'm super social. I'm, I'm like 
off the charts extroverted. I love being around people. I love kind of yep. making people feel comfortable. And, and so like the kinds of problems I've always been interested in solving have been what I like to call squishy problems, quote unquote. So problems related to mental health, community, making yep. people feel part of something, bridging gaps. And, and so I've been a founder since I was like 15 years old and, and most of the, actually everything I've ever built has been in this general space, like built community tools for high school debates in, in high school, <laughs> built a platform to bridge the gap between the political left and right <clears throat> here in the US when I moved to college and then started Kona with the, with the goal of like helping remote teams actually build that human connection. And so the story is I met both my co-founders, Andrew and Green in, in college at UCLA, where I studied computer science and, and both of them went to UCLA as well. We all kind of bonded. I've always had this weird passion for solving squishy problems, specifically at work. And, and they shared the same thing. And so we kind of bonded over the, our desire to solve emotion, people related things, emotion related mm. things. And we had a couple failed companies in the in in the general like tools for work space and, and tools for relationships at work space and then yeah. in october 2019 we all kind of realized like we've all been burned by remote work before we've had poor experiences with it we believe it's the future at the time it was the future of course now it's the present and and even then remote work was very much on on, on the up and up and we we genuinely believed that 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 was how knowledge economy was going to function and we'd had our poor experiences with it so we said okay We've made so many mistakes as founders before. Let's just learn about the space this time. So we talked to yep. 200 remote managers before we wrote a single line of code and just asked them, like, what is the hardest part about your job? What do you find difficult yep. about your day-to-day? -day? Why is that hard for you? And we kept hearing the same set of problems again and again and again, which was, mm. as a manager, it's the relationship building, it's the trust building, it's the human connection, it's the squishy problems <laughs> Absolutely. that I find difficult. And they were struggling. And, and that's why we, we built Kona to, to solve that problem that we kept hearing of, I don't know how to build a relationship. I don't know how my team is feeling. And as a result, I can't build trust and human connection on my team. Interesting. So, uh, I, I love, I love the origin story. Absolutely. The biggest need now, certainly as we move to the future of work is solving those squishy problems. I, I've been saying that, I mean, the world found out like magically how productive people could be during the pandemic, like it just blew people's mind because he thought he'd be home and like nothing, nothing would get done. And, and I've always tried to try to say it's right because for 10 plus years, you know, I, I go back to the early envision days, even when people were working in office, we were still using cloud-based tools, right? We were using envision for prototyping design. We're using Trello for product management and we're using Google docs for documentation. So we're used to working with cloud-based remote tools, even when sitting next to each other in an office or a conference room, pandemic hits, you kind of take the office away and people are still using the same tools that they had been. So like the workflow was still, nothing had changed outside of the physical environment, but what was missing was the, the squishy part, was the relationship building, was the engagement, was the water cooler moments and the, all those other pieces that just happen, kind of right, naturally happen in your office but needed to be recreated in the office. And it's, it's exciting to see that now there's so much effort and emphasis on companies trying to solve these issues because the work stuff, okay, that's done. We, we, we've solved that, but now it's like the big piece. It's kind of exactly why Kona started. How do you gauge people? How do you get feedback? How do you understand if they're burning out or they're, how they're feeling when you can't see them and you can't see like they're tired or they're frustrated or whatever it may be. So it's love, you know, love to hear it. You know, definitely uh, the right timing, which is always another good thing when, when building an early stage startup and getting the right timing. So we saw through the pandemic, right? And the number one topic that everybody was talking about was around mental health, which of course was obvious. I don't, I don't think there was a person on this planet that didn't have some type of mental challenge, a mental health challenge. I know I was definitely in that bucket, but as we move on, you know, you're kind of starting to hear a little bit less and less about it, but. I think it's, it still continues to be the most important thing that companies need to be focusing on, should be focusing on. So kind of, I would love to hear from your perspective from the, let's, let's start from a company base. Cause I, I would love to then dive more into like the individual manager. I know a lot of, especially season two, the later half was very focused on an individual manager within a remote company. That's maybe not doing the best practices of remote. Like how did they do those, the right things within their team, but let's start from a company like. What should they be thinking about? What are they be focusing on? Like tools, ideas, so on and so forth 
for around mental health, especially as the pandemic, fingers crossed, is making its way out the door? Great question. I think the big realization that we've had or the, 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 the few things I'll say in this regard is one mental health issues have not reduced with the pandemic subsiding one in three Americans still suffer from some form of anxiety or depression. And we are still, and have been even pre pandemic have continuously been in a mental health epidemic and, and it's not being talked about enough. And, yeah. and I think the big thing I would say is sure. The, the forced, isolation due to COVID might be on its way out, but people's mental health issues still remain. Sure. The, the anxiety, the stress, the burnout, those things haven't really gone away. And, and yeah. those things are not purely COVID related. They're not just as a result of being cooped up at home. And companies need to be thinking about mental health in a more holistic manner. It's not mental health is not just something that if you're suffering from anxiety or depression or you're diagnosed, it, it like it's a, it's not a clinical diagnosis per se, although of course that's a big part of where a lot of the mental health resources go towards. Yeah. I think the thing that companies need to be thinking about, even from a purely like profit and, and like selfish capitalistic perspective is prevention Yeah, uh, because what, whatever percent, what, one or 2% of people that actually seek mental health support, what about the 98, 99% of people that might just be going through a difficult, difficult time and, and they just yeah. need some support and some care from their team or their manager or their, their community and, and their community at work and how much pain and suffering you can prevent. And as a result, how much happier and more productive your people can be. Absolutely. And so that's the way the companies need to be thinking about it is it's something that needs to constantly be invested in, not necessarily curatively only where I see a lot of investment going towards like very important, like therapy and, and those kinds of services where, where people yeah. engage in them once they have a diagnosed issue or when they think sure. they have a diagnosed issue, but 98% of the 99% of the people don't even realize. And, and it's like, oh, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad week or a bad month or a bad year. Yeah. I just need some support. And so that's the way companies need to be thinking about it. And it, 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 it really requires a fundamental shift in thinking. And that's naturally happening by virtue of Gen Z and millennials being a, a more and more pronounced part of the workforce where we grew yeah. up with mental health support in high schools and colleges. This is just what we expect when we, when we go to work or, or mm. when we participate in work conversations is like, we talk about our feelings a lot more than any other generation did. We're a much more touchy feely generation. And as more Gen Z, more of Gen Z enters the workforce, this is just how we talk. We're open about our mental health. We're open about our struggles and we expect support and we expect these conversations to be normalized. And so the, the most important thing is however you do it, create a safe space to have these vulnerable conversations and to actually like connect with your team over, over these kinds of things. Yeah, that that's. No, spot on. And I think it, it, what you ended off with kind of opens and leads me to my, to my next question again, now diving more to like the individual leader. So I, I've said how many episodes I, I'm a big believer. There's three types of remote companies. You have your OGs and the companies that went remote before the pandemic. You have bucket number one, bucket number two, the remote companies that went remote during the pandemic and said, Hey, we're going to embrace all the best of the future of work, right? Hiring globally and async by default and four day work weeks and all that good stuff. And where a majority of remote companies sit, it's kind of holding on to those old practices where they're not really embracing the best of, of what the future work has to offer. And in a lot of those cases, you know, I've spoken to individual managers who have been sitting within those teams who are like, hey, we want to do better. Or I want to do better for my team, even if my company is not, not there yet. So I want to focus kind of on that, like individual leaders, like kind of get, what can they be doing, especially with companies that aren't, again, on board or doing these things? Because... I, I saw a recent Mental Health America report from 2022 that said you know, two thirds of employees aren't comfortable discussing their mental health. Maybe they didn't did an interview too many Gen Zs or maybe the one third were the Gen Zs. But so for me, improving the stats really comes by leading from the front, right? You being the leader, you're the one who kind of 
sets the path and blazes the path and what you do, your team will follow. So I would love to hear from your perspective as a leader from maybe a conversation that you had with other leaders. Um, tell me what and how that you've been sharing and things that you've been hearing about your own mental health story to create that environment where others will share. Absolutely. I love that you asked that question. And, and of course we work with 400 plus of, of the best managers out there across companies mm -hmm. like Masterclass, Canva, Oyster, Buffer, you name it, the remote OGs, newly yeah. new companies and, and, and all that kind of stuff. The thing that we always talk about is one, it's all about trust and psychological safety. I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, dare to lead vulnerability as a strength is something that yeah. we talk about. And I genuinely believe in, I think that the old school mentality is as a leader, you have to be strong and put up this facade and kind of be the, be the person that everybody can rely on to always be yeah. like, okay, during tough times. And that has felt in the past incongruent with vulnerability. But I think what the advent of what Brene Brown talks about, or, or, or what I infer from what Brene Brown talks about is being vulnerable is the best way in which you actually build trust with your team and trust yeah. at the end of the day is the, is the most important thing you need on a team. When, when your team trusts you and trusts each other, that's when you do your best work. That's when you have the important conversations. That's when people don't quit and, and people don't leave. And, and in a environment where we have global access to opportunity and global access to talent, the best talent is going to go to the best teams and the best companies. Sure. And so if you want to perform at your best level, you need to create an environment where you're able to keep your best people. And that comes at the end of the day down to trust. And the biggest element of trust is psychological safety is how comfortable yeah. do I feel to be myself, to make mistakes, to be honest, to speak up. And, and psychological safety is tons of research long since been proven as the number one predictor yeah. of successful teams. And the way to build psychological safety is lead with vulnerability. Uh, yeah. As a manager, when we talk about Kona, obviously quick summary of Kona is really simple, daily emotional check-ins for remote teams. So it asks you every day, Hey, how are you feeling today? Red, yellow, yeah. green, you put a color emoji in a comment. The number one thing we talk about is people aren't going to be honest with you about how they're feeling. If you aren't honest with them about how you're feeling. And yeah. so as the manager, it's critical that you are sharing when you're struggling, what you're worried about, and, and you don't have to go overboard with it, but giving a level of, of insight mm -hmm. into here are my struggles. I'm a real person. And, and this is what I'm worried about is, is the number one way to build psychological safety and get people on side and, and, and rally people around you and, and, and this cause of whatever it is that you, that you're trying to build or work on. And so that's really the thing we, we tell managers and hear from managers all the time is, is yeah. when I am opening up other people start doing the same. And then it creates this kind of like cone of silence, cocoon, whatever you want to call it of, I can actually trust the people on my team with yeah. how I'm feeling, what I'm worried about, what my struggles are. <laughs> and that leads to all sorts of important conversations, even related to like unrelated topics. Because once you have that sure. trust, you start having important work related <laughs> conversations and speaking up and, and pushing back yeah. in a healthy way. And that's what leads to the magic of a, of a high performing team. No, I'm, I'm a complete agreement. I think there's two points that I, I really like that I want to follow up, you know, from my, from my own story. The first is we don't yet use Kona. We're moving in that direction. So apologies as we start now, but we do a daily stand up. And one of the questions that I have implemented there is similar, how are you feeling? And it's kind of a list of emojis from like a super happy face to kind of a sad face. And I've reiterated with my team. It's like, when you're having a bad day, like you didn't get to sleep, something's gone wrong. Like it's good to put a sad face. Like, I want you to put a sad face. You know, don't think you have any fear. Like, oh, if I look like I'm having a hard day, I said, I want you to do that because what it is, it's a flag for me. I religiously look at those every day. And if I see something like a frown face on someone, that's a mint. Like I need to automatically right now, stop whatever I'm doing and go message that person, check in. How's everything going? Like, do you want to jump on a, like a five minute conversation? Super critical, even the same with like a neutral face. Like if I see a neutral face for like three, four days in a row, like for me, again, that's a flag. Hey, something is going on because in theory, right? We want people to be happy. So if something is even just like in the middle, is there something I could do as a leader? Is there something I could help with? I, just even a conversation or a person to talk to. So I, I love that idea of, you know, with Kona, how, how that's built in and how that helps managers. 
and starting off, I think it was before the pandemic. So a few months, months before the pandemic, I was, we were expecting my fourth, fourth child and my wife was you know, getting towards on. So a lot more of the responsibilities like in the house and the kids got put on my plate and then uh, running teams and like startup crazy and all the, all these things are going on at the same time. And it was like a Friday night and I felt like I was having a heart attack, right? I had like numbness in my fingers, then like extremities and like pain, this and then the other. And I, I called the ambulance to come over and they check everything out. Everything looks good. And one of the, the EMTs asked like, have you been under any additional extra stress or anxiety recently? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, look, this is, this is like a day to day, right? Got a baby coming world is starting to kind of get like the pandemic was starting just you know, we still wasn't here anywhere still mostly in china or in italy things didn't work and all this stuff and like a couple of days later i was like no 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 and a couple of days later like the light went on and i'm like holy crap like that's totally it and i came back and i sat in with like a team meeting and i shared that and i share like here's what happened to me on friday night this happened because Here's what's going on with my family. Here's what's going on with the kids. This is going on with this one and this baby coming and like the things over here. Like I wanted to make sure that I shared, you know, what's going on with me. So people knew just so people had an idea, but also, as you said, to create that environment of trust where, Hey, if my leader is saying that he has things going on with his family and this, and like, yes, it's okay for me to share the same thing. Like the same thing's going on with me, or I'm just having a bad day for whatever reason. Like that opens that environment for transparency where you see, hey, I, I can share too. I could be honest too, because if my leader is being vulnerable, as he said, which in the old days, like you couldn't be vulnerable, but if they're being vulnerable, that means I could do the same thing. I could feel comfortable about doing it. And most importantly, I know I'm going to get the support, or at least some support that, that I need, at least for my leader. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry you, you went through that and it, it just highlights the, the importance of like living those values and, and leading with vulnerability. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, absolutely. So besides Kona, we'd love to hear some different ideas or formats that you personally use, maybe again, leaders that you've spoken to, you've used to help people around mental health. So things around like one-on-one -on -one conversations, things around like async, as I said, like a Kona type tool, a Slack channel for mental health. Like tell me some of the things that you've been doing as a leader and again, the other things that you've been hearing to create this environment, to make sure that it's being talked about and there's a place for it to be talked about. Absolutely. I think for us internally on the team, it, it, it really is Kona because, because it, you, it, whether you do it through Kona or otherwise, basically creating a, some sort of safe space, however you're doing it, whether it's in, in the Slack channel, whether it's in your one-on-ones and, and it probably has to be in all of these things, like all of the above, creating a safe space where everybody is sharing things about their life and how they're they're feeling and it's not just about like a one-way traffic of people just sharing and, and that's it it's about the back and forth the conversation of like someone's sharing that they're struggling okay other people are following up and asking why what's let's let's like share more about that talk talk it through because most cases what you just need is to talk it through and understand and become self-aware and, and have the conversation around, okay, I'm feeling this way. Why? Let's get to the root cause of it and just be aware of it. And that in, in many cases is enough for you to kind of self-regulate and, and, and solve the problem if there is one or just recognize the problem and, and let time do its thing. And so the, the critical thing is not only creating the safe space, although that's step one, step two yeah. is then having those conversations and in, in the back and forth between you and, and your team, as well as among just the team as well. Yeah. And so whether that happens in team retreats at offsites, whether that happens in Slack, whether that happens in one-on-ones, whether it happens in however, wherever your team connects, creating the safe space and then using that to have those meaningful conversations is the most important thing. And so very often we'll see managers, whether you're doing, if you're doing it in standup, you could do it in, in, in your standup if you're not doing it through Kona, but for the managers that, that we talk to that use Kona for it, when they see a, a yellow or a red, Kona will flag before your one-on-one -on -one saying, Hey, this person has been mm. yellow or has had a, has had a tough week. Do you want to bring this up in your one-on-one? -on -one? And here's how you can do that. And so we have lots of like, here's how you bring up that conversation 
Um, oh, interesting. Uh, in, in the one-on-one saying like, hey, noticed you checked me yellow or notice you've been having, it feels like you've been having a tough week. The story in my head is that it's because of this reason, correct the story. Let's talk about it. And it's another, I think, Brene Brown, like little like sentence stems. Yeah. The story in my head is, and, and that allows you to kind of hypothesize freely without like putting your own opinion on the other person. And, and so, yeah, step one, create a safe space. Step two, have the conversations. Step three, follow up. Once, once that person has shared and, and you've talked about it, it shouldn't just disappear into the abyss. Check in with yeah. them after a week. Hey, you brought this up. Add it to yeah. your one-on-one doc notes. Bring it up the next time. Make sure that they know that you didn't forget about it when they, when they shared that. Because that's, that's honestly worse than not asking in the first place is if it feels sure. genuine, if it feels like yeah. it wasn't followed up on. And so, so those are, I think, the, the actionable steps I would give. And of course, Kona automates all of these things for you, but you can very just as well do them uh, by putting in effort as a manager. No, I, I love that. And again, you, you brought up two points that I want to kind of to dive into. And, and the first is obviously remotely, right? Seeing burnout, seeing anxiety is obviously, as we kind of start off the conversation is not as easy remotely as in the office, right? You can't see the person's face. You can't see them like with bags under their eyes. It's a, it's a totally different story and requires intentionality. So outside of obviously using Kona, where you're getting maybe somebody's putting a red or for like a whole week, puts like yellow and then you have that automation. What else can managers and leaders do to gather feedback? And like, what do they look for? I mean, if, if they're getting data, like, or, or like, how can they actually notice things are, are a little bit off? And I'm happy to kind of share a personal story and I have it, but I'd love to hear know from you first. Great question. And, and that's where, when, when you're a remote manager, awareness of other like of other people's emotional states is yeah. so critical so and under daniel goldman's four pillars of emotional intelligence there's self-awareness which is awareness of yourself social yeah. awareness understanding how others are feeling and having that empathy is so critical and so noticing i mean the people talk about how only seven percent of communication is actually the words that you say something like 30 sure. percent is own and another like 60 plus percent is body language and, and yeah the biggest thing you miss in remote is actually the body language part for sure uh, and that's why whatever whatever you can whatever you have access to in terms of tone and the little body language you can see on if someone has their just choose, chosen to have their camera on is yeah. so critical for you to be hyper aware of that and, and ask the right questions. And, yeah. and really that's the, the, the way in which you uncover some of these things where without in sure. the absence of sensing things and, and having the, the ability to, for your natural social awareness to kick in, asking the right questions of, sure. Hey, how are you really feeling today? And then sharing yourself first so that they yeah. feel comfortable making the other person feel comfortable to say it with their words, because you need to rely more on that in a remote environment. So that's the way that you would do it without Kona. Yeah. I think the video part is, is extremely important. You know, I'm a big believer, especially in remote environments, right? The idea of, of video is to not replace, but come as close to like their in real life experience by yes, seeing a facing body language and how important it is. So all, all these companies that decided again, who had zoom fatigue, which not, not for this episode today, you know, try to move in towards the, okay, and you keep the camera off or do audio only. And it's like such a miss because you miss out on so much when not, when not having the video, but it's having like that radar to be able to pick up like little nuanced differences in people, even without a tool. And I remember during the pandemic, I had someone on my team, like a few months in, maybe about six months in who on a day-to-day -day basis used to always share like an animated GIF, like at least one animated GIF every day, right? Something fun, got like team you know, laughing or what have you. And then over time, like over weeks, you started to notice like it went from every day to like a few times a week to like down to like once or twice a week. And it was just something like even seeing the difference in behavior of you know, being outwardly engaged and outwardly sharing something fun and seeing them kind of like pull back and like, for me, that was like a red flag. I mean, that was like the radar went off, like, Hey, something's going on because again, this person is normally engaged or it could be even on zoom calls or, or meetings. If you're doing synchronous meetings or another for an episode, someone talks a lot, someone's very engaged, answering questions, giving feedback. And all of a sudden they're kind of more quiet and they're asking less and they're being less engaged and having to have this radar that 
you kind of notice when there's somewhat of a, like a difference you know, that comes in. So a second point that you bring in, I want to filter on this. So let's go with the example. Okay. You've implemented Kona. Uh, you're having an environment where you're getting feedback. Tell me some examples of specific feedback that you received as a leader, or again, from conversations you have with other leaders and what actually happened with that? Like what came out of that? Great question. One example I can think of, and this has happened multiple times with myself, myself, Andrew Green, where, where Kona has like proactively identified burnout before it happened. Yeah. But there was a time last year when Andrew was kind of like moving around in a bunch of different cities. He was deciding where he wanted to live. So he hadn't, he had chosen a, a place where he wanted to, to be for the next few years. And he had just moved to New York city. didn't know a lot of people there and, and had started mentioning in his check-ins and, and I noticed in Kona flag for me, actually that, Hey, Andrew has been yellow all week and mm. he's checking check yellow like three or four times in a row. And he, yeah. and, and Kona flagged those, those showed me those check-ins and said, Hey, he's mentioned new city anxiety. He's mentioned work was getting overwhelming. He mm. was mentioning like an increased level of stress and tired. And Kona basically flagged that to me and said, Hey, yeah. this is what's going on. And that's, that's it. And that was enough for me to be able to take to Andrew and we do one-on-ones every week. And so in the yeah. next one-on-one, I said, Hey, Andrew, Kona flagged this for me. Let's talk about it. If you do, do you agree with what it's, it's saying? And, and in some cases it's happened where the other person was like, no, it's just, just an off week. I, I think I'll be yeah. good by next. And in the conversation I, I we had about it with, uh, with Andrew about it, we were able to uncover that Andrew was feeling a little bit o- more overwhelmed than usual. And we realized he hadn't taken any time off in forever. And so I convinced yeah. him he could take some time off. I, I, we, I, we were, you hold each other. Kona allows us to hold each other accountable for that kind of thing. And he's done the same yeah. for me. We've done the same for Korean and so on and so forth. But in this specific case, I was able to convince Andrew, Hey, take some time off, go on a trip, go, go somewhere with friends, uh, see something fun or spend time with family. And, and he went to Orlando and, and awesome. had a great time, came back and felt a lot better. And his Kona check-ins started mentioning green more often, things like that. And so, that's awesome. Uh, that's an example. And, and same thing happened to me. The same thing happened with green and, and, yeah. and often it can be as straightforward as, Hey, when was your last vacation? When was your last yeah. time of rest? But sometimes it's, it's deeper than that. And it's helped our customers. We've had a director of engineering tell us that he noticed his engineering managers getting more overwhelmed with the amount of mm. work that they had to do and realized yeah. that they misplanned their headcount. And so they, that director of engineering was able to use the data in Kona to make the case, Hey, look, there's a spike in yellows and reds. We need to, we need more people. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's amazing. So what kind of like the first story reminds me of when I started my latest role, one of the people on, on my team, one of like support CSMs was about to go on maternity leave. So she had about like, when I joined, it was like, I think two or three weeks before she went on maternity leave. And as you can imagine, right. You're two, three weeks from going on maternity leave, like all the stress and anxiety of, of having a baby, first baby, things at work, trying to hand off things to kind of new team, like all that's going on and all the obviously stress and anxiety of like what it's going to be while I'm gone. And when I come back and at the time the company had a, a maternity policy of one month off because they didn't have, they didn't have anybody right for all these years, they never had anybody. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, holy crap, like that can't be like, no way. So I like automatically went you know, to the, to the executive team. I'm like, we need to give them more time. Like just no a month just isn't enough. And so thankfully, like we were able to add you no know, additional time, like an extra you no know, month or two for the person to have more time to at least in that sense, like not have to worry. Okay. I'm about to leave. I'm trying to hand these things off. I have to focus on the baby and you know, what? at least kind of remove that. You no, know, in four weeks, I got to come back and how, how am I going to deal with having a baby and doing this to at least give that person like a little bit of time and some more rest. But like, as you said, the importance of hearing a story and sometimes it's accurate, sometimes it's not. But when you hear something like, and you notice there's a problem, like what you do with it, do you take action? Do you do something to try to solve that? Again, you may not solve it hundred percent, but if you can reduce it, you know, from 80% down to 50% or something like that, you obviously made a huge significant impact. Exactly. And and that's a, that's a really great example of, of some action that, that you took based off of understanding how she was feeling and, and what her stress levels were. Yeah. Invariably what we see as well is people, you want to lean into the areas that people are stressed about because typically people are competent. And if, if they are stressed about something that may speak to a more structural issue with the work that they've been given or the way that their role is structured or something that's actually very actionable for you as the leader. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I want to kind of pivot a little bit now towards employee engagement, because I think employee engagement isn't hard. No, you can kind of throw mental health and all those things into employee engagement. Right? If employees are engaged and happy, then it, it has no compound effects. So focusing a little bit now on the specific employee engagement side, and I'll obviously skip all the data that that's it's made it crystal clear about how more productive and motivated and so on and so forth that engaged employees are. So we now know that leaders obviously have to be very intentional with creating opportunities for their team to bond and build relationships, right? especially so much in remote environments. I had this conversation earlier. I, I recorded an episode with somebody who I worked with, Vision, who was one of the very early employees there. And we we're kind of talking about the early days of in, in Vision and how kind of later on a lot of the culture kind of grew around from the team. So it was very much kind of organic and grassroots because back in 2012, there were like two or three remote companies at the time, right? There were no GitLab manuals. There, there was no uh, one of these remote leaders who were sharing the best practices. You kind of came from that experience in the office and the, exp the experience in the office was right in your team. You sat next to your team. You went to lunch, sat in the kitchen, in the cafeteria with your with the colleagues. You went for beers after work with the people that you work with. So. A lot of like the culture, even in office happened just by team springing that up. But we know obviously in remote, everything is intentional. So how is a leader, what can they be doing? And, and even from your perspective, would love to hear some of the things that, that you've done with your team to build relationships remotely. Great question. A number of things. One. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people talking about this recently, so that maybe this is not really a hot take anymore, but I feel like remote work being the great equalizer that it is and the, the ability that it, it allows you to have a much more diverse team and, and actually have representation across your team, which is how you make a, a better, higher functioning team. Yeah. Which means that your work related socialization if it's after work, that's inherently <clears throat> not inclusive because <clears throat> working mm. moms, people that are, that are caregivers cannot mm. inherently participate yeah. Yeah. Me, <clears throat> in those, in those conversations and, or, or in those, in those events. And so <clears throat> our belief is have them during work hours, have them during a time when, when people can <clears throat> participate better still have them async. And, and so create opportunities for people to bond and connect in an async way as well as, so that's, that's one. And, and I can talk more yeah. about that. Other thing I'll talk about is, and one thing I've, I've seen other companies do really well is allow people given remote is not a, I feel like a lot of companies see remote as something that you have to work around as opposed to something yeah. that is a force multiplier. And Absolutely. so embrace the fact that your team's global and allow people yeah to like so lean into that basically and so instead of forcing people to necessarily like come together and hang out after work hours and and have all deal with all the time zone stuff yeah. have people share something that they went out and did in the community one thing yeah. that i've heard salesforce does really well is they have their their one percent pledge where where one percent of their profits one percent of their time goes into social work. And yeah. so for what they've had a lot of people do, and, and I think during in the summer internship season is when they, they do a lot of this work where obviously yeah. having intern younger, like college students be part of the team is, is always super exciting. Um, they have people go out and like make masks for the homeless or, or distribute food mm. in the community and something yeah. that allows you to kind of like embrace the fact that you're globally distributed. We do, for example, people, we have like fun channels, like people sharing things about where they're traveling. What are they seeing? Sure. You know, because we're a dog themed company, we have a dog spotting channel where we have yeah. the ability to spot dogs around the country, around the world, wherever nice. you're going and share a picture of some cute dog. Dopamine um, <laughs> hit everybody needs every day, Absolutely. which is nice. Another big thing we do is, is gratitude. That's actually like mm. a, it's just a hack for happiness in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, and so we're always sharing things that we're grateful for recognition to each other, as well as recognition to like people in our family. And so yeah, at the end yeah. of every week when you go to retros, we're not as async as we want to be. So we often end up doing this activity synchronously where everybody just goes around sharing something yeah. that they're grateful for. It could be someone's grateful for their mom. Someone's grateful for their, sure. their sibling. Someone's grateful for their partner. Someone's grateful for someone else on the team. And yeah. so that's just a way of like getting people engaged, 
learning about people's lives in a in an authentic vulnerable way gratitude is at the end of the day it's still a, a very vulnerable thing to participate in and scientifically proven to to boost happiness and, and employee engagement as well so there's tons of async things you can do yeah. but the, the high level i would say is lean into the fact that you're remote and allow people yeah. to do things like share travel stories share uh, like do things in their community participate in in, in family right. and and to create opportunity for for async things and, and of, of course on our team Kona is a big one where people are sharing things about their life yeah. and what's going on with them. And then people follow up asking for pictures. So someone comes for back sure. on Monday and says, I'm green. I'm celebrating yeah. because it was my brother's birthday. And everyone's like, oh, happy birthday. Send pictures. Or, oh, I went traveling. I, I saw this really cool mountain. It's like something that yeah. would not happen if we were all huddled around an office in San Francisco. Yeah. And so that part is, is cool with Kona, but you can do that in any channel. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's so, much, there's so much goodness in here to unpack. This time I'm going to go with three points there. I, I don't know. I had two and then you added a third one. So I'll start with the latter one with gratitude. I, I've seen it personally in my life, how much of a difference. Like I have a group in the morning that we do kind of like morning stretching. We do gratitude, gratitude journaling and kind of other journaling as well. Like two or three times a week, we get to group as like a two or three people in the group. And we go through like our journal, like, what are you grateful for? Like, what wins do you have? Like all those different things. I've seen myself, what the huge impact that's made for my own mental health. When I just, I just get stuff out there, like, even days when it's hard for me to not be grateful. And even sometimes I'll put down like the fact that some days I just don't have anything to come up with for, for what I'm grateful for. And I absolutely love it with, with the tool that we've been using with my team. Like that's the first question every morning is like, what are you grateful for? So every day trying to build that is like a habit. Like, again, it could be family, it could whatever it is. Like, even if you can't think of something, like repeat the same thing. The fact that you try to think about, hey, I'm grateful for this is, is super important. And I, I have experienced the, the difference in my own mental health around that. The second thing that you said, which I really love is around the idea around inclusivity. That in the old day, when you did stuff outside the office hours, it was not inclusive, which has always been my argument for the people who say, oh, it's the office that makes the culture. And I'm like, you're just ridiculous. The office has nothing to do with the culture, right? Because the people who want, to, who want the office tended to be the young professionals who live in the city, who like most of their social interaction, their social being happens in the office. So at six o'clock, you have the option to go home to an empty apartment or hang out and play pool or ping pong and drink beers with like your colleagues. Like obviously which one you're going to choose, but once you get married, once you start having a family and you move out to the suburbs, like the last thing you want to do is be in the office. Like you want to get home, you want to be with your family, you want to spend time in your community, you want to be doing things like that. And yeah, how much of that focus has been, yeah, after hours, after this, where, as you said, like people who aren't young professionals, who their social being is around work, like that's the last thing you want to do, right? I want to get the hell out of the office as early as possible to like to get home, avoid traffic and like spend the time with my family. So I, I love, I absolutely love that point. And the third point now are just, is totally escaping me. Uh, oh, brother. Lean into it... remote? No, no. What was the, the, uh, oh man, I should have, I should have taken notes while you're, while you're talking here. I totally missed this one. Okay. Well, if I remember it, I'll come back to it later. So we'll uh, have to shift to, to another question, but for remote leaders today, again, who are part of an organization who aren't really doing these engagement things, who aren't really focusing on culture, like outside of obviously implementing Kona, what can like a remote leader, an individual leader who may be managing a small team, like in one of these companies, like what can they do today to help foster better relationships and engagement within their team? Like it doesn't have to be tools, but it could be. Fun thing is times get to teams together and again, I'm happy to share things I've, I do with my teams, but love to hear again, what you're doing with your teams and what you know, leaders that you spoke to have been doing. Great question. A number of things. I think the high level is the most important thing to do is action. Just doing something and seeing that you're hearing from your team or making your team feel like you're putting in the effort and making it clear to your team that you are trying and, and that this is a priority for you is the first step. Because after that, you can iterate and your team will give you the feedback. And as long as they know that this is something you care about and that you prioritize, the rest of it will come with time. Uh, yeah. And so the first thing you can do is make a commitment to your team and stand by that commitment of 
this is something I care about. I, I want to make an effort to be a better leader for you. And, and what that looks like for me is A, B, and C. And, and for me, that means ensuring that you feel supported, ensuring that you feel like you can grow in your role and ensuring that I'm caring for you and giving you the, yeah, really those, those two things that I'm supporting yeah. you in the way that you need. And that's the, the number one most important role of a manager. And a big part of that support is just being there, talking things through, supporting mental health, having those yeah. conversations and, and creating a space for people to connect with each other and, and whether with or without the manager. And so yeah. that's the first thing to do is, is make a commitment to your team today. Um, <laughs> and then ask them what, 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 what are, what are ways in which you wish we could engage with each other? People will yeah. come up with ideas and have it be consensus, however you want include yeah. other people in, in the process of deciding things to do, then pick something, make a decision, start it, try it, get feedback and iterate. Because just like a product culture is something that you constantly iterate on. Yeah. Even internally on, on the Kona yeah. team, as we grow, we keep trying new things. We keep trying and getting feedback on, 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 did this work? What did you think of this? Yeah. And that's how we, we, we iterate. So the first step is make a commitment. Second step is try something, then iterate on it. And, and of course, Kona is free to use for teams. Single teams can try it out. You don't need to have your whole company use it. It's free to install the Slack and play around. There's a free version of the product yeah. and, and you can kind of go from there. Yeah, no, I, I, it's so important, obviously remote, especially in the asynchronous environment. You know, my, my teams run asynchronously and I had, so every other week, like the work meetings are all async. We get together one-on-ones and as a team, we play games every other week, right? We do games or show and tells or something. And it was interesting. I had one case where I think two out of six people were out of the office that day. And I said, okay, I'm going to cancel this week's uh, no team fund because I was thinking of those two people who are not going to be there and I'm going to miss out on them. The next kind of like bi-weekly check-in, async check-in that I had, one of my team had said that, hey, sometimes I feel like we're too async. Like I really missed that opportunity on Wednesday to connect as a team and have fun as a team. And I was like, holy crap, like, you're totally right. Like, I can't ever cancel this again. I need to focus on the people who are there versus who need like that opportunity to connect versus like the opportunity to miss out on a couple of people. And it was like, okay, I'm never going to do this again. And then it was consistently, and as you said, asking like, what else can we be doing? So we've done things like co-working sessions where we'll just open up like a, whatever, a Zoom or something call for like half an hour, 40 minutes. And it's just, people could talk about work. People could talk about whatever else it is. And always looking for those opportunities to just spend time together and not really have to be sp specific of talking about work. So last question, because I see that we're, we're kind of low on time. Would love to see, obviously you said there's 400 team that are using it. You've had hundreds of conversations with leaders would love any data or stats that you have showing the impact that you've seen from Kona around employee engagement and mental health. Yeah. Yes. 400 plus teams across amazing companies, masterclass, Canva, Oyster, Buffer, Help Scout, Aircall, GoodRx, you name it. Yeah. Some of the, the awesome, like OG remote companies, as well as newer ones use Kona. Some of the, the, the interesting stats we've seen, I would say. One is just like really cool now that we have like thousands of daily active users to see yeah. like when major world events happen, um, mm. how that impacts how people are feeling. So, so for example, when, when like difficult political things happen in the world, seeing the spike in yellows and reds. So like when in, in February, March, when, when the Ukraine stuff was happening yeah. or starting, that's like, we, we saw a big spike in yellows mm. and reds then. In January 6, 2021, the, the capital in the U.S. was stormed. In the U.S., we saw a bunch of stuff. And, and so just seeing, to a large extent, how external, uncontrollable factors impact the mental health of people at companies is yeah. difficult, but also almost reassuring for our customers that, sure. hey, people are struggling right now. All I can really do is be there for them and support them. There's nothing else. It's yeah. out of my control. And just knowing that as opposed to, like, Hey, this is something that I can do something about is, has, has been like a big reassurance factor that at, at the, at the company level, as well as at the manager level for the manager to see, okay, oh my God, yellows and reds everywhere on my team. Yeah. Am I not supporting them in the way that they need? No, it, this is mm. actually what's going on here. So that's one, two, just 
being and, and constantly updating our internal kind of like formulas for like what qualifies as somebody at a, at, at, at a burnout risk, what qualifies yeah. as somebody who's like potentially at does not have the psychological safety needed or doesn't feel comfortable to actually share honestly. And so yeah. seeing that those kind of nuances between like, Hey, is this person just having always having a, like, is it a good streak or yeah. are they not being honest? Is there something deeper here? Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing the different indicators and using Kona because at the end of the day, Kona is just what people share in it. Sure. And so using Kona as a gauge of psychological safety, as well as burnout and stress levels has been really interesting. And so those are some of the things that, that we're playing around with right now. And then the, the other thing I'll say is being able to see what areas of support managers need the most. So it's mm. not just Kona doesn't just do, Hey, how are you feeling? It also actually sure. nudges manager saying, here's what you need to do when this person's struggling. And you can customize those resources at the That's company awesome. level uh, saying awesome. like, Hey, here's what provides for managers, how to deal with burnout. And so yeah. it's been really interesting seeing like as the head of people at a specific company, you can see here, are the resources that I'm providing that managers are engaging with the most or the least. And so here's where I need to help them more with it. So using it as a real time gauge of how people are, how the entire company is feeling, as opposed to maybe an employee engagement survey, which gives you data only once every six months, which is critical. Yeah. And you, you don't, you can't replace those with Kona, uh, sure. but being able to have more day-to-day pulse on, on what is going well and badly at the org, I think is what has been really interesting to see at a com- from a company to company basis. Yeah. No, I love that. So for people listening who want to get in touch with you, who want to get in touch with Kona, learn more about Kona, what's the best way to find you, get a hold of you and Kona as well? Absolutely. So website is heykona.com. That's H-E-Y-K-O-N-A.com. It's super easy to book a demo if you're interested in learning more, but also you can just install the app to Slack and, and try it out completely for free, completely without talking to anybody, no credit card required, anything like that. There's a completely free version of the product which gives awesome. you just the check-ins and the basic like habit building of how are people feeling for free. And then you can see if you want to get more of the manager support and the data and, yep. and all that kind of stuff later on. And so, yeah, website's the best way, but also we are <clears throat> at get Kona on Twitter and, and I, I, myself, you can find me at, at Sid Pendia on, on Twitter and LinkedIn. So that's, yeah, that's how to, that's how to get a hold of, of me or Kona website's probably the best way. So, Hey, Kona.com. Awesome. Now, Sid, thank you so much for, for joining today and, and sharing your experience and your wisdom. As I said, I've been a, a big fan uh, of Kona probably since like your earliest beta days. I love what you're building. Super crucial. And so thank you so much for, for joining and sharing today. And for everybody listening, until the next episode, have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. My aim is for everyone listening to have one takeaway from each episode they can then go and use with their teams. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to support me by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app on our YouTube channel, share it with friends and colleagues, and please feel free to buy me a coffee via the show's website.